Welcome back to the Refugee Report. This episode's focus is the conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. These two former Soviet republics have experienced invasions, genocide, and pervasive ethnic conflicts over the years. Today, violence continues to erupt between the two countries over territorial disputes. This has created waves of Azeri and Armenian refugees. Before beginning this episode, we want to warn you that the following information and audio may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Both of these countries exist in a region with a fascinating history, climate, and geography. Armenia is a country just south of the Caucasus mountain range. It borders Georgia, Azerbaijan, Iran, and Turkey. The country's geography is mountainous, filled with valleys, and it has numerous extinct volcanoes. Armenia is also the victim of frequent earthquakes. The climate in Armenia is primarily dry and temperate, except during the winters when Arctic winds can blow in. Armenians were one of the first Christian groups in the world, and Armenians are predominantly part of the Armenian Apostolic Church. Regionally speaking, Armenians are a religious minority. Armenia is also one of the world's oldest civilizations, but the modern country makes up only a tiny portion of this former territory. Armenia was frequently at war with foreign conquerors throughout the years. It was part of the Persian, Ottoman, and Russian empires at different points. Throughout the years, the Ottoman Empire inflicted organized oppression on the Armenian people. The most famous example of this is the Armenian Genocide during World War I. The Armenian Genocide took place in 1915, and during this time, the Ottoman Empire starved, forcibly removed, and killed Armenians living within their borders. This was ultimately motivated because some Ottoman officials believed that Armenians were helping the Russian Empire during World War I. Historians largely agree that there is no evidence of this, and Armenian revolts were infrequent and poorly organized. It is believed that around 1.5 million people were killed in this genocide. However, Turkey claims that 300,000 Armenians died and that it was a result of fighting during World War I. This is obviously a false claim, but today it is a sensitive topic in the international community. Most countries have very delicate stances in order not to provoke Turkey. By 1918, Armenia declared its independence, but by 1920, Turkey and Soviet Russia invaded the country. Armenia soon became the Soviet Republic of Armenia. Azerbaijan borders Russia, Armenia, Georgia, and Iran. It also has an extensive coastline along the Caspian Sea. Azerbaijan is also very mountainous, but much of the country is lowlands and mountain streams largely shape the landscape. Azerbaijan is actually known for its incredible natural beauty. Most of the country is dry with some tropical regions in the east and south that gain greater rainfall. Azerbaijan has a variety of exports, including oil, caviar, and prestigious horses. Some countries within the region are dependent on energy resources from Azerbaijan. Most of the country is Azeri, and the country is predominantly Muslim. Also, the Azeri language is a Turkic language that dates back to the 1500s. This Turkic ethnic connection is important in understanding the conflict today. Like Armenia, Azerbaijan was an independent country in 1918, but later incorporated into the Soviet Union in 1920. 
Both countries existed within the Soviet Union until there was a change in the 1980s. The policy of Glasnost allowed certain regions within the Soviet Union to have greater autonomy. This policy had massive implications on a region known as Nagorno-Karabakh. This region, originally in southwestern Azerbaijan, is mostly made up of ethnic Armenians. So, in the late 1980s, the people of Nagorno-Karabakh passed a referendum to become an autonomous region from Azerbaijan. This dramatically increased tensions between Armenia and Azerbaijan. However, the situation was made worse with the fall of the Soviet Union. In 1991, Armenia and Azerbaijan became independent countries and launched their own military initiatives. This created a devastating war over Nagorno-Karabakh from 1992 to 1994. This war resulted in the deaths of 20,000 people, and it created about 1 million refugees. Both Armenia and Azerbaijan have accused one another of committing mass atrocities during this time. There was a ceasefire agreement in 1994, and it appeared as though Armenia had won. This led to Armenia occupying this region and certain parts of Azerbaijan. This resulted in the displacement of thousands of Azeris. However, both countries refused to settle, and during this time, towns in the region were renamed and filled with Armenians. There was growing political calls to bring this region into the country of Armenia officially. At the same time, Azerbaijan dramatically increased its military spending. Turkey began supporting Azerbaijan in this effort. This was part of a pattern of greater Turkish intervention throughout the region. Also, the two groups are both Turkic and related. Furthermore, the two countries have strong economic ties. Oil and gas represent 90% of Azerbaijan's exports, and they have pipelines that travel throughout the region, including to Turkey. Azerbaijan is actually Turkey's largest supplier of natural gas. Much of these revenues have gone towards funding the Azeri military. As a result, Turkey has supplied numerous military supplies to Azerbaijan, including advanced drones. This made a massive impact in 2020. Before this, there was a stalemate between the two countries. Constant skirmishes would break out, but the dividing line between the two territories remained mostly the same. However, with this new military technology, Azerbaijan began to seize huge swaths of land. Thousands of soldiers were killed, and there was an estimated 100 civilian casualties. As a result, Armenia was forced to sign a ceasefire agreement. Much of Nagorno-Karabakh is still controlled by ethnic Armenians. However, Russia brokered this peace deal and sent 2,000 troops into the region as part of a peacekeeping effort. Russia has actually played an extremely advantageous role in this conflict. Putin has supplied weapons to both Armenia and Azerbaijan. This is part of a larger pattern of foreign intervention within the region. In fact, many of the countries that were intervening stood to greatly benefit from this peace deal. Therefore, many Armenians felt burned by the ceasefire, and it caused widespread discontent among the population. It's a nation in shock. Many baffled that Armenia has signed an agreement they see as humiliating. And for some, the anger was too much to contain. By early morning, protesters started to arrive in front of parliament. 
I don't know how this nation behaves, this man says, calling on people to rise up. Emotions were high, and soon the anger turned into calls for Armenia's Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan, to resign. Among the people here, veterans of the first war with Azerbaijan in the early 1990s, mothers of soldiers who recently died, and displaced people from Nagorno-Karabakh. This conflict did not end in 2020. In fact, over the past two weeks, there has been another outburst of violence. Over 100 soldiers on both sides were recently killed due to skirmishes at the border. Listen to this Armenian refugee explain his experience during this conflict. I was closing my door to leave the village, and then about 10 meters away, a bomb exploded. It moved the car, but the children were inside it. When they fired, it was an inferno, and it's going to have long-term effects on the mental health of the children. Although it is believed that this situation is de-escalating, it is part of a pervasive pattern in the region. In all, there are documented issues and atrocities on both sides of this conflict. President Ilham Aliyev is Azerbaijan's authoritarian leader, who succeeded his father. His government has been known to violently squash dissent in the country. Also, his military has attacked civilian targets. However, his popularity within the country is incredibly high. The Armenian government has been accused of using banned weapons and munitions in the war, such as cluster bombs. But the government denies this claim. According to Amnesty International, there is also evidence of Azerbaijan using these same weapons against Armenia. This situation has forced thousands of Armenians and Azeris to flee their homes. Unfortunately, there are few statistics available about Armenian and Azeri refugees. However, we know that during the 2020 conflict, about 90,000 Armenians and 80,000 Azeris were displaced. What makes this crisis unique is the number of times refugees are displaced and then able to return to their homes. This has especially been the case in and around the area of Nagorno-Karabakh. During the war in the 1990s, Azeris living in the area were largely displaced, and Armenians began to move into this land. The developments in recent years have forced Armenians out of their homes. Now, decades later, Azeris who were displaced are returning to this land. Many are finding that their old homes and villages have been destroyed. Also, there is often hostility between these different groups of refugees. Before fleeing, some have burned clothing, homes, and other supplies to ensure that the opposing group does not have access to them. Listen to this news report about the situation. In this small village in the mountains of Nagorno-Karabakh, dozens of families prepare to evacuate. Ahavno, as the Armenians call it, is one of those villages that were given up to Azerbaijan after the 2020 ceasefire agreement. Some people prefer to burn their belongings rather than leave them to the Azerbaijanis. These people feel betrayed and forgotten. This has been a continuing pattern throughout the region. When either side is displaced, the opposing group settles and replaces them. Ultimately, Deeply rooted national beliefs are crucial to understanding this crisis. Both countries feel they are fully justified in their claims to territory, and it's unlikely that either country would willingly make significant concessions. However, one thing that could make a difference is improving the quality of ceasefire negotiations. 
There have already been numerous ceasefire agreements over the past years, but these are rarely upheld. The international community could make great strides in ensuring the fairness and stability of these arrangements so that they are long-lasting. It's also important to remind world leaders that ordinary people bear the burden of this conflict. Their lives are disrupted in unimaginable ways due to competing political ambitions. Unfortunately, these refugees are often forgotten by the international community. There is very little information available about refugees from Armenia and Azerbaijan. Not many people know that this conflict is happening. It is crucial to have public awareness of this conflict in order to solve issues facing refugees. If you learned something new from this episode, please share it with others. We also encourage you to do more research on your own to understand this complex situation. Before concluding this episode, we would like to recommend an organization helping refugees in the region. This week, it is the Hidden Road Initiative. This student-run nonprofit has provided critical school supplies and funding for shelter for those displaced from Nagorno-Karabakh. Their link will be in the description. While we do recommend this organization, it is important to do research before spending your own money. That concludes this episode of The Refugee Report. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. The best way to support our organization is to share our content with others. Follow us on our social media at WartimeAid. If there is a refugee crisis or a refugee story that you want featured, please DM or email us. As always, thank you for listening.